Welcome to another episode of Off the Record, a candid, casual conversation about life, culture, and church. And uh, excited for our topic today. Joined today by our very own Pastor Zach King. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. And today on the mixer board, our very own Mr. Austin Leppard's joining us. <laughs> it's not fair when he gets his own sound effects. I know. But um, I'm looking forward to seeing what sound effects I get later. It's going to be a great day. Thanks for joining us. We want to continue this idea of a, com- of a casual conversation. And uh, today we want to take a little time to talk a little bit about this idea of just leadership and influence, but specifically this idea of leadership in the midst of crisis. And, uh, you know, we're at a really unique time in human history where we get a front stage seat to watch the leaders of our world navigate crisis and how they respond and lessons that you can learn. And uh, I think even this week, you know, very timely, uh, as the news kind of just shares and everything's very timely as, as our president had a chance to address even the, the issues and crisis within our own country versus other leaders around the, the world and, and their perspective and how they've done that. Zach, for you, I know as we kind of got a chance to talk about this, I think something that really sparked an interest in both of ours was just watching a little bit how the Ukraine is, is processing this. Yeah, it's been really interesting. Um just following president Zelensky of Ukraine and even knowing like pre, you know, the war stuff, I think his popularity was kind of waning and then all of a sudden this crisis hits. And uh, I really feel like true character has really come out. And I'm, I've just been taking notes and kind of just learning, like what is this guy doing during crisis that is so attractive to so many people, not just in his own country, but around the world. I mean, all over Instagram, all over everywhere that you see. So it's been pretty interesting. Because you really see that, isn't it? In the midst of crisis, for those of us that are leaders, and that's leaders in your organization, and we're all leaders and influencers in our own thing. That's leaders within our own schools, leaders within our own, you know, if you're a coach on your girls' soccer team, there's leadership there, there's leadership within our family. And crisis creates this opportunity and exposes probably more than anything. It just mm-hmm. exposes some things. And so, yeah, we wanted to take some time today and maybe share with you some lessons that we're learning and lessons that we're seeing. And um, and I think we know the reality is this, this, the story is not written, right? So we're, we're making right. evaluations and assessments on this moment in time. In real time. Yeah. In real time. Uh, and uh, we will know two and three years later the impact of that. But there have been some amazing things that have happened and, uh, you know, President Zelensky's ability to just rally empathy, mm-hmm. support has really been inspiring. And so that's where we want to go today. We want to just take some time and look at maybe some principles that we're seeing and then really talk about uh, in our own lives, where could we apply these things? This area of this idea of leadership through crisis is not a foreign thing for us in 2022. This last two years has been crisis. And right. uh, maybe we'll take a few moments as we share some of these um, the joy for me has been, as we've walked through this as a church family, Zach, uh, as our executive pastor, he and I have had to make a lot of these decisions uh, during these last two years. Some we've done well, some we've learned some things that we wish we right. could have done better. And uh, so we kind of maybe want to just give you some little insight in how we apply that. So let's p- kind of go back and uh, as we see on all of our social media, Instagrams and things like that, what, what is Ukraine doing well that really has inspired the world? Right. I, I kind of wrote down just um, just as I was journaling this morning, just kind of like five things that I'm learning personally, um, just from kind of uh, watching Zelensky lead and the way that he's doing that. And and I think like you mentioned, they're all kind of translated. You can translate them into your business, into your ministry, into your family, um, those kind of things. And so the first one that I wrote down was just um, clear, timely and accurate communication is a key. 
Um, and I feel like, um, man, he has just done an incredible job of just making the information clear. There's so much misinformation out there right now. And so when the people of his country can know, like, no, we're going to get the real-time, consistent, accurate, and timely information from him and even people around the world. I mean, I'm, I started following him on Instagram as soon as this thing started. And uh, he has, like, almost 14 million followers on Instagram now. And um, he's really taking this platform that can be used for a lot of different things, and he's really maximizing it to say, uh, you're going to hear a lot of outside things, but listen to my voice and what I'm saying. And on this platform, I'm going to give you real time because if, if you're following, he's updating stuff every couple hours. It's not like once a day. Um, he's really um, telling people like, here's the vision. Um, here's what we're rallying around. And my face is a reminder of what we're fighting for. And it's been really interesting to watch him do that because you have other, I won't name names, but you have other leaders who in times of crisis just disappear. And their, their, their voice isn't heard and they're not around. And maybe because they're figuring it out, maybe because they don't know what to say, maybe because they ran. But, like, he's right there in the thick of it just giving updates all the time. Yeah, let's take a moment and flesh that out. That's a really good thought because I do think there is that element of leadership, of visibility. In the absence of visibility, there's a gap, right? Right. And we're either going to fill that gap with what and sell the narrative that – that we want or somebody else is going to fill it with the narrative that they have for us. Right. And so, yeah, let's talk a little bit about the idea of just being present and uh, invisible. You know, as I was thinking about leaders when they come to crisis, there, there tends to be kind of, I think, three responses that leaders have. And, and uh, I, I came across this, Carrie Newhoff did a little blog on this months ago that was really helpful, but it was, there's three kind of leaders in the midst of, of crisis. There, there are frozen leaders, there are hesitant leaders, and there are agile leaders. Mm-hmm. And uh, this idea of a frozen leader, and, um, and maybe you can relate that when crisis comes. I remember in our world when COVID hit and we couldn't figure out, are we supposed to close the church, keep the church open? Uh, what do we do with this mask? How big of a deal is this? I remember early on again, we were thinking, well, we just got to figure out how to manage this for a couple weeks and then it'll all be over. Right. And here we are still there. But the idea of, of frozen leaders, the challenge is, Usually when it comes to a frozen leader, they get frozen, especially if the crisis goes on for a period of time, because they make this mistake between method and and mission. Mm. They get so locked in like the method isn't going to work. And so the mission is lost and we can't do anything about it. And I think the reality is a reminder, like some of the mindset for, for frozen leaders, these are questions. If you find yourself falling into this, things you may ask, right? I can't believe this is happening. This just sense of despair out of uh, all of this is just out of control, right? Nobody can recover from this. Everyone else is affected in the same way. There's, there's really nothing I can do. Organizations and leaders with more resources, right, can handle this better. Why can't we? Nobody prepared me for this. And why are we so far behind? We can't possibly catch up. That's good. And all of those, I remember even in, in our context, some of those same thoughts are coming through your mind. Like, how can we manage this? Uh, all is lost. Where are we going? And if you're not careful, you get stuck in that idea of being frozen. But again, I think if you find yourself frozen, not making any decision, ask yourself again, am I getting stuck on the method or am I getting stuck on the mission? The reality was, in our context, the mission of sharing Christ and sharing the gospel and preaching the word and worship, that didn't change. The method, we couldn't meet in person, so we pivoted quickly to online. So many churches did it around the country and literally around the world, but we just had to be reminded the mission hadn't changed. The methods uh, kept us there. And so um, I think, again, if you find yourself as a frozen leader, you fall into that trap of, of only seeing obstacles 
And as a result, we just miss opportunities. Right. And uh, certainly what we're seeing around the world. The second part, I think, is for maybe most of us leaders, it's a little bit more of a hesitant leader. Um, a hesitant leader, they make changes, but they're likely only to make as few changes as possible or the easiest changes right. and uh, that don't really have a great impact. And uh, so we feel like, hey, we're, we're changing, um, but we're really not making the d- dramatic changes uh, that we need to. And uh, I'm reminded this idea of method and mission again, you know, in a non-crisis situation, you know, our methods many times have a shelf life of six months to five years, but in a crisis situation, boy, that expires weekly. Right. And I remember a lot of our conversations. It's like, well, that worked this week. How are we going to manage it next week? Yep. And uh, so if you're a hesitant leader, like I've got to make some changes, but I want to make as little as possible, your fear is going to keep you limited. Right. And, and the decisions that you made today may not be the thing that works for tomorrow. Yep. And just having that, that, that idea. Well, I find that like on the hesitant leader piece too, we can really begin to overanalyze everything. That's good. And then be paralyzed by the information. I can't make a decision that I haven't researched enough. I haven't done it. And meanwhile, everything else is passing you yeah. by. Paralysis by analysis, exactly. right? Where you're exactly. just stuck in it. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, if you find yourself, look, I'm a little bit, maybe that's kind of where I am here. Maybe some thought b- bubbles that kind of may exist in your world, right? When will things go back to normal, right? I, I want to do as little as I can because when things go back to normal, I don't have to readjust a whole lot. I think that's probably the challenge for us in North American church, right? Is there's a degree in thought, well, it's going to return back to normal. And uh, I think that reality is not true. Yeah. And uh, so if we're waiting for that, we're there. Uh, we've already made a bunch of changes, so let's just lock down for a while. All right, there's wisdom, but sometimes we're fearful to make them there. Um, do we really have to pivot again? It's that fear of that agility to move towards the next thing, because I've, I've done that. Uh, you can't just, can't we just do what we're doing for a little longer? Uh, look, I know the idea might be a good one, but let's keep things the way they are right now. We just need some stability, and the results as we're getting now are good enough. We're surviving. Isn't that enough for what we do? And so if you find yourself a hesitant leader, these are the thoughts that naturally go through right. through your head. And there's some wisdom, but the challenge is we have to be honest with ourselves. Am I just being cautious or am I actually being fearful along those lines? Right. As you look back over our time, any things that come to your mind? I remember we've had conversations along this where it was almost the fear, what if this thing happens? Yeah, I remember, uh, man, we met so much about this stuff and, and process it. In the meantime, you're also dealing with how it impacts you personally and your yeah. family and all the changes there. And so you have that bucket of your life. Then you have the bucket of ministry leadership happening at the same time. And I just remember even when we, because um, in Kentucky, we were only really shut down in person for about three months. Mm-hmm. Um, where we did online only for those three months. And I think it was just um, w- grateful that we already had an online presence, grateful we already had a team, grateful we um, kind of expanded that team at the right time to kind of pivot and be agile in these areas. But I just remember it was, uh, and we talked about this a lot, it was like in church leadership, usually when you make a decision, you've prayed about it, you've discussed it, you've sought wise counsel, and you're like 95% sure like almost everyone's going to be on board with your decision. And I just remember us talking and going like, these are 50-50. Yeah. Half the people may literally hate this. 
and they may be totally against us for whatever reason. And that's a weird thing to step into, right? To get on stage or to get behind, uh, you know, a video and say something that you're like, half the people may disagree with what I'm saying. And I'd never experienced that in 20 plus years of ministry. Yeah, I, I think mean, that's that really did. has been the challenge in church ministry for the first time. And that's why we've seen so many pastors struggle coming out of this. It really was the first time there were these 50-50 and brilliant, godly people uh, on both sides of whatever issue right. it was. Right. And yeah, there just wasn't extreme clarity. All you could do is just pray about it, seek counsel and make an informed decision and hope that people are going to be okay with it. Yeah. So, And I'm really grateful in the context here at Lex City, again, that we have boards. We had a board of ministries and a board of elders, and we did a lot of Zoom calls and just had a lot of counsel. And even right. on that, we probably didn't have a consensus on every every issue and every action step, but it was just to have more data and more input in was just really a, a right. great thing to do. So, And I feel like with uh, kind of the first point we talked about, just that clear, consistent, accurate information timing piece, I think that's one of the things that we really learned during COVID was just people needed the information. Uh, when was the church opening and what were we going to offer? Um, what kind of protocols were we going to have around COVID? All that kind of stuff. And so we spent a lot of time as a team saying, if, hey, we're, if we're going to be one of the first churches to open in the city, like back in person, we've got to be so clear. Mm-hmm. And so we shot videos and we redid videos and we talked about things and we listed websites about here's what to expect when you come. And we just spent so much time trying to be clear. And it still probably wasn't enough for some people, right? But I think we did the best we could with the information that we had to make sure if, if you're ready to come back, if you're comfortable Here's what you're going to have. And they got to hear from your voice. They got to see you being visible. I mean, I think we did the best we could, but it was new for all of us, just learning in that, that process. That learning curve, yeah. yeah. And I think that moved us to really, they talk about that third kind of a leader that's helpful, and that's just the agile leader, uh, right? In crisis, uh, agility is ability, and flexibility really is the superpower that's there. That's good. And uh, I, I love the way one person put it. The reason agility is so important is that a crisis means there are no clear answers and no immediate end in sight, which is exactly why it's called a crisis <laughs> and not a problem, right? right? Problems can be solved. Crises have to be managed and managed daily. Right. And I think that's maybe the intensity of what we're trying to talk about today, this leadership in the midst of crisis. This isn't a problem that can be solved. We're managing this on the fly with limited information and limited things. So a couple of thoughts that roll through the mind just of an agile leader, right? Our mission is too important to let this crisis kill it. The method isn't working, so let's try a new one. Okay, we've done with that for a few weeks, but if we tried it this way, let's see if we can find something that's even more effective to what we're doing. Things have changed again. What does this make possible? Anyone may have another perspective that can help us move it forward. What are other people doing that's making a difference and how can we learn from them? And what do we need to do that will help us advance our mission? So it comes back to that idea of the agility. It's just that mission-driven kind of a thing. So let's put that back again in our modern-day context. And as we think about the Ukraine, as you mentioned, I I think President Zelensky, one of the great things is he has been consistently visible. Right. um, and, And really has chosen a platform through social media. Whether he likes it or not, it is the reality of that i mean sure you're a classic example you're in you're watching them you're, you're connected there yeah don't you find that sometimes in the midst of crisis and i think some of these things may be personality driven you know it's the fight or flight mechanism right as a leader if we're not careful depending on how you're wired i know for me there is a natural tendency to want to not be visible to kind of go back stay out of sight 
when we get this all figured out, I'll come back. Right. But to be visible in the midst of that, you tend to be, you're more of a fight right off the bat right, kind of a right. guy. <laughs> and uh, I was thinking about that, that principle, even in our world, in church world. I remember those first early weeks when we opened up, oh, do you want to be out in the lobby? <laughs> and, and, and hear everybody's thoughts, you right. know, or do you want to just hide and just come on the stage later yeah. on, you know? Yep. But talk to us a little bit about, because um, I think it's something you do really well. What is the power of just being visible, present, available in the midst of that crisis? Yeah, I think it's really important. I think that um, people don't just want to he- hear from you when things are going well. They want to really be able to give you feedback uh, in real time. And I think it's important from that standpoint to be visible because I remember those days. It was like um, we were either getting affirmed by people in the lobby of the church or we were going like, ah, I don't know about this. But I think the fact that you're willing to kind of lead from the front and be in proximity, yeah. you know, and I think that's what Zelensky's done well as well, right? It's like he's not, he hasn't left the country. He hasn't, there was no flight in him. When, when it kicked in, he went all fight. Yeah. And I think that's important for leaders to be there is just to go like, they need to see you. They need to see that you're present, that you're there. Even if you don't agree with what they're telling you, you're listening and you're willing to take that feedback and then not just take it, but like leaders look for patterns. So if I hear it from one person, it's not a pattern. If I hear 15 people say, have you thought of this? I'm, I'm taking it to the team and I'm going, Hey, I've heard this from a lot of our people. We need to look at this. We need to consider this. We need to really be, you know, hearing from our people and then potentially even acting on what they're saying because they're seeing and hearing things that maybe we're not, and we don't have all the answers. And it's easy to live in a leadership vacuum. Like you said, if you, if there's flight or you hide, then you just sit there and create your own narrative and create your own next steps versus really seeking the people and being present and saying like, Hey, what are you guys thinking? What are you feeling about this? How can we do better? Yeah, that's really good. And I think our people pull confidence off our presence there, even if they're at times for those of you who have leaders and influence or with your family, <laughs> when you're on the family vacation and something has gone dramatically wrong, your ability to be calm in that, right? You, you, it just takes attention out of the tank, even with your kids. When you freak out, you're escalated. And I think, again, we see this wonderful example of the Ukraine. And I love the idea that, you know, you can learn a lot by what even options certain leaders offer. But, hey, do you want to get out of here? We'll get you out. And he's like, no, I'm staying. Send me some bullets. You know, it's this idea that, no, if I'm going to lead, I've got to be in the trenches. And my people right. got to see that I'm I'm suffering the way they're suffering. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm struggling the way they're struggling. And uh, that really makes such a difference. That idea of being present, visible, and, and available. And just in touch with reality. I think yeah, a lot good. of politicians and leaders... And it's not a bad thing to want to cast vision about what things would look like in the future, but there's power in recognizing the present and what's really happening. Like when the pandemic was like, this is real and we're walking through it, you know, and this for Zelensky, it's like, no, this, this is here and it's going to be here for a while. And I'm not envisioning like this is going to be over tomorrow. This is going to be weeks or months or however long. I think him saying like, yeah, I'm in the trenches with you as the head goes, the body follows. I'm the head of this country. And I'm right here with you. And I'm, and I'm also suffering. And there's also the present reality of like, yeah, this is not where we want to be, but there's better days ahead. So, yep. And I think making sure sometimes, again, personality, how we're driven, how God's wired us. There are some, like, I've got to have all the answers before I'm available. Because when somebody asks me and I say, I don't know, that's bad leadership. Right. And I think we're always reminded that servant leadership has the ability to be available and say, I, I don't know. Right. I think that's been the challenge for us in our country over these last two years. There have been unknown variables that nobody could have known. Mm-hmm. 
And if we lack the humility to say, I don't know, right? We, we've gotten so dogmatic and tribal over so many things that the humility is out of it. And I think there's something magical about leadership who's just in the trench with you and say, this is what I know. This is what I don't know. Right. And, uh, and I'll be available to kind of walk to that. That's a great one. Give us another couple of things that really. Yeah. I mean, the one you just said kind of piggybacks into one that I wrote down was just something to the effect of he's been humble and he's willing to ask for help. And I feel like that, um, I've been so impressed with, I mean, I get it on some level. It's like, well, of course he's asking for help. They don't have enough, you know, stingers and javelins and all the things that they need to protect their country. But it takes a humble leader to sit there and go, we can't do this on our own. We really do need help. And he's been asking and not in a demanding way, but in a, like, don't you want to lock arms with us? Don't you want to be a part of this? And it's inspiring. It's way beyond Ukraine. It's inspiring to so many countries and people. And um, I hope that it's inspiring other leaders to kind of look at his life and go, I want to be like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it's just, it's very humbling to ask for help for anybody, but especially when literally your country depends on it. Yeah. I was listening to a TED talk that was kind of dealing with that same thing. And that was one of the, the, the principles they talk was this idea of being transparent, right? It's uh, it's being humble enough to be transparent where you are, communicate what you know and, and what you don't know. You know a lot of things. That's why you're right. the leader. You're the influencer in whatever sphere you are. But there are also some things you don't. And so just that pretending you have the answer when you don't have the answer isn't helpful. No. And, and, it, and it loses people's trust in you as a leader. Exactly. And in this day and age... Uh, with social media and everything is out there to make up things on the fly always comes back and bites you. Right. So it's just communicating truth there. What are some other things that we've looked at you've learned and we've learned as we've kind of had thoughts on this? Yeah. The fourth one I wrote down was just rally allies with vision and define the why behind the what I think he's done a really good job. Uh, The what's pretty, pretty simple. Like we're protecting our country. We're trying to get the Russians to leave. We want to stay a democratic state, that kind of stuff. But He's, he's really been envisioning the people like we worked so hard to get to this point. Let's not lose it over this and keeps envisioning the allies to that people from the West, other countries that are providing aid and help. They're not just providing aid because whatever their dislike for Putin and Russia is they're providing aid because they're seeing the vision behind what this man is saying and how, and the stories, uh, you know, of, of that. I think part of it is helpful. Like he's, I mean, people know this. His background is he was an actor. He was a comedian. He's used to being in front of the camera. And I think he's taking his God-given talents and the way that he's wired to do that. And he's uh, it's a strength for him. And he's exploiting that strength. And it's been really effective. So Yeah, he has the ability. He knows how to tell the story, right? Right. And uh, that's such a, a wonderful gift. Those that are, are good with that and those of us that can find people to surround us to really help to... To tell a story, because I think you said it so well, we've got to always come back in the midst of crisis is the why, right? It's, again, mission, not method that's going to get us through. I contextualize it back to our world. I, I remember, again, the pandemic's hitting, churches are closing, different states have different regulations. Um, and we really felt like one of the reasons we wanted to make sure that we were open as soon as we could be, do it in a safe way, was the why, right? It's the biblical mandate of do not forsake the assemblies together. This right. was a core value that we know the value of the body being together. We know the danger that if we get isolated and we try to do this spiritual, our, our Christian walk in isolation, the danger that we have, and we certainly have seen the effects of that in our country isolation. Those are the things we feared. Like uh, this is why depression comes. This is why we, we backslide in some areas. We just don't have accountability. There's just something that 
feeds our soul because God created us this way to be together, to worship together uh, in person. That we There's something that just feeds us in a way that's different than doing it in isolation. And so for us, I remember that was the big why. Like, why are we going to push to be as soon as we can? Because we think this is the thing that really matters the most. Right. And um, I think that was, as I try to look back, I think we continue to try to communicate that uh, as well as we could. So I think that's really, yeah, the why behind it. Uh, the rallying people towards that that mission, right? right. Yeah, I think the last thing that that I kind of wrote down that, and this one's probably more specific to what's happening in Ukraine, but I could also see it being specific to your ministry or business or whatever. Which is just realize that you could be inspiring people you will never know. Um, and then I just added like steward that responsibility well. And so, uh, what's so cool about what's happening with Zelensky's leadership because it's a terrible, obviously terrible situation that's going on there is that he is inspiring, you know, a couple pastors in Lexington, Kentucky. He's inspiring people around the world. And just knowing, like, when you carry that mantle of leadership, there's such a responsibility there. And so, like, I like what you said earlier, like, the story's not over. It's not written, but we're kind of talking about it in real time. I mean, it's not just when the war's over. It's also going, then then how does he lead? Because there are some leaders that... Um, uh, are only used to leading during crisis, so they'll actually create crisis mm-hmm. so that they'll have something to lead through and to manage. And so a real leader can lead through crisis, but can also lead well in the normal times, in the times that are mundane and not as uh, sexy or whatever. Like when people are all staring at you like, oh, how's he going to lead through the crisis? It's like, no, how's he going to lead through everyday stuff? Yeah, that's so good. And I think that in the, that comes to the heart of us as, as leaders. If we're really honest with ourselves, there is a degree as a leader when crisis comes and you have to step up. Like you're like, all right, uh, right. I, I'm the man. It's in the this. hero complex. It's the hero complex. And if we're not careful, we get as hard as these seasons are. That feeds something in us as leaders. And if we're not careful, when the crisis is gone, I think you said it so well. There are times we almost want to create another crisis so we can come back and be the hero of the day. Right. Yeah. So that's a good. I think even for us, as you look at your organization, if your organization is always in constant crisis, if your family is always in constant crisis, if your team, you're always leading and coaching by it's us against the world, everybody's here, you've got to maybe take a step back and say, what is it that's feeding me that I'm creating a culture that only knows how to exist? I only know how to get the best out of people when I can call them up to these kind of a things. Yeah, because that... Living it that way, leading that way is not sustainable. And there's going to come a point in time where, I mean, healthy things grow and people don't want to be a part of something that's unhealthy. And if you're constantly in crisis all the time, that's not healthy. Mm-hmm. And so I think you're not going to get quality employees that are going to stick. They're going to go, they'll, they'll be okay with it for a couple of situations. And then all of a sudden they're going to see this as a pattern and go, oh, this isn't just a solving crisis. We're creating these problems over and over and over again to feed something inside this leader. And so I think it's just something you got to really be cognizant of. Like we, it's okay to lead healthy through crisis. You should, but if you're constantly looking for it, there's probably something inside of you um, that's a little bit broken. Yeah. So it's great. So this idea again, as you shared the last one is just that the power of the influence beyond just yourself. Right. Um, and uh, you know, it's that Bible speaks to that idea that it's the city on the hill. It's the impact uh, of our lives to so many and uh, I think that's a great reminder for us as leaders, especially in this day and age. Um, your influence is greater than you think. It's not just your family. It's not just your kids. When you drop them off at school and that 
parking lot worker sees you every day, that makes a difference. Right. Uh, when you're leading that kid's soccer team, how you deal in the adversity, how you deal with that kid who doesn't have a lot of talent, who just wants <laughs> right. to be there, how you deal with that parent who's obnoxious the entire game, that leadership thing has impact and influence. Uh, those of you in charge of your own business, I mean, it's such a wonderful gift, uh, but it is a mantle that you wear. How you deal with these employees helps them define who Christ is, what Jesus right. means by your actions and attitude. And so that's so good. Well, we're living in a time when we certainly are experiencing that, where one leader on a national stage has rallied the imagination, the the compassion um, of an entire world who's watching, who's rooting, right? And um, and how he lives these next few days in his leadership really does have an impact on each one of us. Leadership defined really in moments uh, of crisis. Any final thoughts, just encouragement to our folks who are kind of leading in their own spheres of influence? Yeah, I mean, I think just reminding um, that leaders are learners. So from a sense of like, we can watch this stuff on the news and just go, oh, that's cool. But really going intentionally like, okay, how, how am I learning, you know, vicariously through this other leader? And how am I growing as a leader? And it's helpful for me to have this podcast to go, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to intentionally write down these things so that I can grow as a leader as I'm looking at somebody else. And I think it's just, who are, what are the voices in your leadership brain that you're filling it with? It's why I'm really careful about who I follow on social media. I want to be, uh, I want to follow people that are uplifting and that are providing hope and, and promise and leadership. And those are the people that I want to fill my brain with. And so if I'm going to be a learner, you're going to learn something. It's either going to be positive or negative. So who am I filling that with in my time with? And I think other pieces, just as you mentioned, the whole influence thing and all that, and just, it's more than we realize. It's just a good reminder for those of you parents that are listening or watching. It's just like, we can allow that sentiment to stress us out, and overwhelm us. Like, oh, I'm messing my kid up, or I'm. Do-. But we can also look at it and go, no, I'm literally creating these incredible future leaders. It's why when I talk to families where their kids are a little bit rowdy and a little bit crazy, I'm like, man, like they can use their powers for evil or good. This person's going to be an incredible leader, or they may be in jail. I don't know, but yeah. one of the two is going to happen. And I think it's just fanning that flame, you know, within them, you know, that they can lead. So that's great. Well, crisis, right? Problems can be solved, but crisis are managed. So when you're in the midst of crisis, which is really different, to leaders, just encourage you, uh, God has placed you in that seat uh, for a reason. You won't have all the answers. You won't have all the information. You won't know what the outcome's on. But just to lead forth in confidence. We're not careful. Fear is the thing as leaders in moments of crisis that keep us from moving. You know, it's that fear of rejection, fear of criticism, uh, fear of not having all of the information in order to make that decision, uh, fear that you're not gifted enough or talented or wise enough to be in that moment, uh, or fear that whatever choice you make creates these catastrophic uh, problems. The challenge is if you dwell in those fears, you're going to be pushed towards no action. Right. And as a leader, that's the one thing you cannot afford to do. You've got to take action. You've got to communicate. You've got to be clear, and you just got to be humble in the midst of that, because the world and your sphere of influence is looking to you for that. So 
good luck uh, <laughs> as you go. It's a hard seat to sit in, but I just want to encourage you. You can do it. God's placed you in that uh, for a unique time in human history. We've all walked through crisis in our families, in our businesses, in our organizations, and in our churches, and uh, we're still here standing. So okay. be confident. Uh, be in prayer that God would lead you uh, to that. And again, as we think about the world stage I think that's something we can do is just to be men and women who are in prayer. And so as we close out this time, I'm going to have Zach, if you would, man, let's just take a moment together wherever you're listening. And let's just unite our hearts, even for our brothers and sisters in Ukraine and around the world, that God would really just show his grace and mercy in the midst of this. Cool. Let's pray, God. We just just ask for your help. We know that you're watching. We know that you're present. We know that you are um, active and... um, God, we do worship the Prince of Peace, and so we ask for peace um, right now. God, we ask for cooler heads to prevail. We ask for discernment. We ask for wisdom for for all the leaders that are involved in this in this war right now. And I just pray um, continually for uh, Vladimir Zelensky and just all that he has on his plate right now, and it can feel overwhelming. And God, I just pray that you give him the strength, give him the leadership um, to really lead um, his country. God, I just pray for safety for him. I pray for safety for leadership there. And God, we just ask for an end to this conflict. And um, God, we just ask that you be present. And we know even in the midst of this terrible situation, God, that you, um, yeah, that you will be glorified and that people will come to know you in a real way because of this. And so, um, God, may we be just people that are constantly in prayer and people that can really um, just empathize and that we wouldn't just dig our heads in the sand and say we're over here it has nothing to do with us but we would realize that this is humanity um, at stake and this is uh, this is your people these are your your creation and your children and so we ask for prayer in this season and we know that you're going to deliver in jesus name amen amen well thanks for joining us for another episode of off the record